Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Premier League season preview, a new series here on What Culture Football, where myself and Andrew Pollard are going to look ahead to the forthcoming season and see how the teams are set to do. We're going through team by team, a couple teams at a time. We've already done Arsenal and Aston Villa. If you want to go and check that one out, we'll start now, though, with the Bees, Brighton and Burnley. Uh, and Andrew Pollard, these are teams that we don't talk about too much uh, on this channel. We probably should. They uh, they both did very well, first of all, to survive in the Premier League. That is the you know, minimum requirement for these two teams. But um, Brighton surpassed my expectations completely. I had them 100% in the bottom three. Is there a danger, though, as we look forward to next season of the dreaded second season syndrome? just because they've got a new manager in Graham Potter, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. Not new either. He's been there uh, a year, but you know yeah. what I mean. I, I feel you. I see where you're going with this. Um, I, I see what you're getting at with second season syndrome, but I think with Graham Potter, I think he's one of those managers from from what we've seen in the year he's been there, that the longer he's there, the more time he's had to implement his ideas, the better Brighton have looked. So for me... I think that I don't think there's that that risk so much of, of second season syndrome. I think with him, it's more about he's crafting for the long game. I mean, obviously with Brighton, there's only so much you can do. There's only so many uh, resources they have. I remember they, them nearly going bust when uh, back when they were in the same division as Wrexham many years ago. So to see where they've gone from to where they are is phenomenal. And I've always got a big soft spot for Brighton because of that. And I think, yeah, I think they were 15th last season, um, seven points clear relegation, which is. Very respectable for Graham Potter's first year in charge of the Seagulls. And I think it's just the case of he's, he's just going to build and build on this for the next couple of seasons. And maybe maybe Burnley, who we're going to get to in a bit, is maybe the model to aspire to in a way. Not the style of football, but just that very resourceful uh, way of, of thinking. Yeah, like I said, I think survival is the minimum requirement for these two teams, however you get there. But I thought Brighton played some great football last season. And, uh, there was a period where they looked like they were under threat and then they suddenly started pulling results out. And if they can keep that squad togetherness, that mentality going, then I think they'll be absolutely fine next season. But uh, it's all about how you start the season and, you know, the first month or two, especially with this weird place that we are right now. I feel like if you get stuck in a rut, you could really be in danger. Um, we've seen Duffy, or I'm not sure if it's a, you know officially confirmed, but I believe he's gone to, to Celtic on loan. Potentially that could be a, uh, a full-on transfer. So who are the key players for Brighton now? I think Lewis Dunk's obviously one of the big ones that stands out, who, uh, well, the captain there uh, for several years now, it feels like he's been linked with a move to a, to a Chelsea, to a Manchester United, to a, a Manchester City um, for, for kind of 40 million, regularly uh, in and around the talk of the England squad. Uh, and I think I think he's 
uh, he's absolutely pivotal for them. It goes without saying. And I think it'd be interesting as well to see what happens with Ben White, who had mm. a really good season alone at Leeds last year um, at centre-half. Um, and it was kind of those Leeds were desperate to try and sign him on permanently. Um, but then you had Manchester City, Chelsea, Man United sniffing around in Liverpool, looking at him as well. Uh, and if Brian could keep hold of him, then him and Lewis Dunk at the back, thinking that's that's very solid. I think Matt Ryan is is a fantastic goalkeeper they've got. Yeah. There. Um, he'll be key again. Um, and then, I don't know, you're looking at the, the signings they brought in. I think Joel Veltman is a really savvy piece of business. And for just £900,000, which is a drop in the ocean these days in modern football, from Ajax, um, he'll predominantly play as a right-back, I'd imagine, but he can play centre-half, very comfortable on the ball, reads the game well. I think that's really good business. Adam Lallana on a free transfer could be a shrewd piece of business. Mm. Yeah, he's 32. Yeah, he's had his injury problems, but... I think there's there's something there's a, still a very good player there, and then you're looking at, I mean, goals they could do with goals really, if we're mm. being honest. Uh, Alexis McAllister, I'm I'm hoping gets a bit more game time this year. He played I think nine games in the run into the end of last season. He he'd been on loan at Boca Juniors uh, randomly from Brighton as you do, um, and it, Argentine international. I think he's still only 19, um, so I think he could bring something. We saw him bring something towards the end of the season in the Arsenal game. He came on and turned the game um, when there was the that, that fun confrontation between Neil Mope and and uh, Matthew Guendouzi from Arsenal. So I still think they could do with so they need goals really, but I think at the 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 back I think look very solid midfields. I don't know. You've lost the creativity of Aaron Moy uh, going to Shanghai in China, which was a very that kind of came out of left field. I thought it because, did. Yeah, yeah. He's he's such a, a technically sound footballer and uh, such a creative mind. Um, but I mean, Pascal Gross is still there, so there's there is quality. I just think going forward, they need maybe something um, before the, the transfer window slams shut. Uh, and I mentioned it before. I had them. I found my uh, my prediction sheet for last season uh, when I was cleaning out the office just just today. In fact, uh, I got Liverpool top, Man City second, and then pretty much everything wrong after that, including <laughs> Sheffield United rock bottom. So what do I know with my predictions? Um, what do you reckon about Brighton's chances of staying up? We sort of alluded to this with Villa. Are there three teams worse than Brighton? Well, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to annoy Brighton fans. Already, I've seen there's lots of uh, angry Aston Villa fans with after that <laughs> that video we did. Um, so apologies, Villa fans. Now, I think Brighton. I, I think yeah, there's there's definitely easily three teams worse than Brighton. And you look at what the, the last three seasons in, in the Premier League, they've gone fifteenth, seventeenth, and then fifteenth again last season. And I think I could easily see Brighton coming fifteenth again. But mm. who knows? They can maybe be pushing that got a kind of. The, the top half of the bottom half of, of the yeah. table, really, get that 11th, 12th spot. Um, I, I think I, I quite fancy Brighton to be safe. Like I said, I, I've got a lot of confidence in Graham Potter. It's just about questions about goals, and I think that's always a yeah. worry when it, whenever you're looking at teams around there. You just need someone who can guarantee your goals. Yeah, I, I, I like Morpe. I think Morpe is mm. is, a, is a really good finisher. He's shown at Brentford in, in a championship that he he knows how to to find the back of the net. And he's had spurts where he's looked good at, at Brighton, obviously, to step up to the Premier League. And uh, look at the, the stories today and that they're linked with Darwin Nunes at Almeria, who got 16 goals last season, uh, albeit in the second division in Spain. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Brighton and Spurs are him for him. So, I mean, Graham Potter knows what he needs to address. Um, Rico Henry as well at Brentford. Uh, speaking of Brentford, this somebody's looking at a left back. So, I think if they can get a few more names over the line before uh, before the season kicks off, and then more importantly before the transfer window closes, I, I I think Brighton, to me, I don't think they'll have that many concerns in terms of relegation. Which means they'll be awful, and Graham Potter will be sat by Christmas probably. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, it's always the, always the case, isn't it? Uh, let's move on and talk about Burnley, though. Uh, the question it felt like at the end of last season is not if, but when Sean Dyche was going to leave. He's still there right now. What's going on with him? Oh, it's, I, I feel sorry for the man. I feel sorry for the fella. Um, obviously, he's got a, a soft spot in the heart of you as a Chesterfield legend. Um, yeah, uh, the captain there back for, well, for your, your famous cup run when you may have not that Wrexham in the quarterfinals. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're thinking, what more can Sean Dice do? He's last season he got into tenth, um, which was and it was just, he got the same points as Sheffield United in ninth place. Was only two points off Arsenal in eighth. Um, he's been there for eight seasons, uh, and I mean he's had them promoted twice. And then since they got promoted, uh, he won the championship the 15-16 season. They've gone on to get 16th, 7th, 5th, 5th or 15th and 10th now this season. So with the resources he's got, I, I think that that well that is his problem. Is he's just kind of saying to the board, like, look, how much further can I take this without you giving me some more funds? I can't, I, there is, there's nothing more for him to do. I mean, we've talked on, on like, with, non-stop about certain players who maybe won everything and whether they go, Leo Messi being one of those, where there's nothing left for him to do at Barcelona. And in the same school of thought, but completely different, is Sean Dyche is, well, what more can he actually do at Burnley? Um, unless he gets some backing from upstairs and they, uh, but where does the money come from? That's the thing with, with Burnley. It's not a cash-rich club. So it's. I can see why the board aren't giving them a massive load of money to spend because they haven't really got it. But I, I just think as a manager, he's 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 done a phenomenal job there. And I, I don't know what more you can expect from him. Yeah, I believe the catalyst for the whole argument when it originally kicked off, because that story, I mean, sure, for Burnley fans was kind of bubbling under the surface, but for, for casual football fans like myself, it kind of came out of nowhere that Deitch was suddenly going to be leaving Burnley. You know, you could see he was frustrated, but never to the point of just like, right, that's it. I believe it was centering around sort of Jeff, Jeff Hendricks. I know there was yeah. an issue where they, I think they released Phil Bardsley or they didn't re-sign him. And then about two days later, they signed him to a contract and it was just really really disorganized and and I, I feel for him that, that I have worrying echoes of like Charlton under Kerbishley is the is the thing my mind immediately goes to in terms of a club that just collapses once the, the man at the top changes um Bolton is another really good example uh, yeah. when they try to change who they were obviously slightly different they sort of threw a lot more money at the problem and that's obviously come back to haunt them uh, since then but I, I think all he needs to do is is point at Bournemouth and say look you know they're a club that casual football fans like myself will go Man, they're not they're not they're not even in the bottom five clubs to go down let alone bottom three but it can come out of nowhere and when you're stuck in that situation it, it can be terrifying. And I know the, the Burnley fan that I know, um, my friend's wife, is always just bare minimum 40 points and then we'll go from there sort of thing. I went to see uh, Burnley Newcastle as a result of that. And it was one of the worst games of football I've ever been to. But, uh, <laughs> and Premier League games, I should say. I'd realise yeah. it's a Chesterfield fan. That's a low bar. Like I say, I'm very biased. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Sean Dyche. Chesterfield captain for our 97 FA Cup semi-final against Middlesbrough. Screw you, David Ellery, once more. Um, but it feels like a house of cards that would collapse without Dyche at the top. Yeah, very much so. I, I think what what's also scary about the Bournemouth example is that they actually spent money as well, and it happens yeah. to them. All it takes is a few things to go wrong, and, and that's it. The, the wheels come off. Um yeah, it was Sean Dice. I think Jeff Hendrick, uh, I think, is a. I, th I thought he was a really good player for them and for him to go on a free transfer. It's one thing when he was linked with a free transfer to AC Milan, 
but then he end, he's ended up going on a free transfer to Newcastle, and no disrespect to Newcastle, but AC Milan are a, a slightly bigger club. But I, I think anyway, I think Hendrick will be a loss. Joe Hart's gone on the free transfer, which I don't think is a loss to Burnley in the slightest. Um, obviously, he sent the Spurs. Um, and Aaron Lennon's bit was released, and he looks like he's off to Turkey, I was reading today. Um, but th- th- there's, there's those three the big names that have left. They've not signed anybody yet, particularly, uh, for the first-team squad anyway. And you're thinking, well, I, I don't... Honestly, for Sean Dyche, I, I don't know where how he can improve what he's got. You're thinking, well... Could he maybe sell? Could they cash in on Dwight McNeil? He's yeah. he's been brilliant the last eighteen months or so, and it's been linked with any and all of the big boys. And you think, well, do you cash in on him and and then use that money elsewhere to strengthen the squad? But I don't think I can't see Burnley getting anywhere close to tenth right now. It's that's such a brilliant job he did last season to get mm. them to that that spot. No, I think I think Dwight McNeil is a crucial crucial player for them. You've, we've talked mm. in the past uh, about the goalkeeper situation with Nick Pope and uh, just how good he is. Um, I'm a big fan of Ben Mee as well. I think I think they've yeah. got a decent squad, but as always, we as we say this with, whether it be people challenging for the title or people trying to stay up, if you don't refresh that squad, you're in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. They they need to bring you some fresh blood from somewhere and, and maybe, yeah, maybe Nick Pope's somebody that goes to free up some funds with Chelsea supposedly looking at him as a replacement for Kepa. Um, but yeah, Ben Me, yeah, like you, I think so underrated over the last what four, five, six, seven years, uh, and James Tarkovsky with him as well. Yeah, uh, just two real, real solid centre halves. So a little bit in a way uh, like Lewis Dunk and Shane Duffy were for a couple of seasons at Brighton before. Obviously, Shane Duffy's now departed for, for Celtic. Um, but yeah, they they need to to freshen up the squad somehow. Um, and you think it will see who's there on free transfers like Brighton snapped the bad in Lallana. Um, but I don't know. I I fear for Burnley a little, and I, I fear I fear for Sean Dyche because if he doesn't get any kind of I'm not saying he doesn't get any backing, but if he can't bring in enough um, fresh legs and and uh, new faces to the squad, then and this squad does find itself at the bottom of the table, then that that's a knock on his reputation. When I don't know what what more could he really do with what he's got at the moment. Yeah, the difficulty yet yeah, is if if they struggle when you get to around Christmas time. <clears throat> it's going to be a case of, well, you don't even really want to be here, despite the fact, obviously, he's been such a brilliant servant of the club. Um, and have we all sort of come to the end of the road together? So I, I, I don't think Burnley will get relegated, despite all of this. Um, but I'd be concerned if I was a Burnley fan about the lack of sort of transfer activity. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, and it does feel kind of a little bit like the Bournemouth situation last summer where you thought maybe now's the right time for Eddie Howe to go and for everything to part ways and have a new manager and new impetus to the squad. And maybe now also to me kind of feels like the natural time for Sean Dyche to, to leave. But then where does he go? Just take time out. But I think, yeah, they need to do some business before the window. Um, they they need to, to... I think they need some midfield players for me, really. Uh, Jeff Hendrick, I think, is a really big loss. Yeah. Because look, going forward, and Chris Wood leads the line well, and Ashley Barnes, and we've said at the back that the, they, when when they're at it, they they're one of those teams where they can go on a run for three or four games and and be really solid at the back, um, where it's they're kind of impenetrable. But you always feel like they need a bit more of a spark, Burnley. That it's they're a team that sometimes can be a bit tough to watch. Um, but you <laughs> you look at who out, who's out there, I I don't know. Harry Wilson was one name I thought maybe would be. A, yeah. A good a good move for him. Um I'd put that would cost and I don't think he's been linked there. I was just looking at who may be available and Liverpool are looking to offload him. And I think 
I think someone like him would be would be a great fit. Someone you could just let him have a bit of freedom. Um, he's got that spark. He can do something different. But that's just me purely speculating right now. And in terms of Dwight McNeil, I think it's relatively easy to convince him to stay at Burnley because he's almost guaranteed first-team football. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've heard whispers. I mean, we've got a year to go that he could play himself into the England side. It's always sort of spoken about um, he's such a talent when he's on, on his game. And like you say, that with, the good thing they've got about Burnley is with Wood and Barnes, they've got such a stellar strike force. You just know where the goal is. And knowing when, it's, when push comes to shove, where they can get goals and... They're just a tough, tough side to play. It's a, you know, an age-old thing to say. Uh, I'm a bit annoyed if they don't, if they start going on a bit of a bad run, because I always found James Tarkovsky is a reliable sort of relatively cheap defender for fantasy football. Who can always score yes. you a few points, but yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. But what, what do you reckon in terms of uh, a finishing position this season? Yeah, I think. Season? Yeah, I think looking at it right now, I'd say. Like I said, I don't think they could, I think tenth is is beyond them. Even in mm. their wildest dreams, I don't think tenth possible. But I, I think they will be safe. But I think it will just be one of those where I don't know. It'll be a bit of an up and down season where it's not really great to watch, and they'll end up maybe sixteenth, fifteenth sort of thing. I, I think mm. that's what we'd be looking at. Where maybe comfortably fourteenth at a push. But I I just think I don't know. It, it's a strange one with Burnley. There's just it's yeah. I, I don't know what what I don't know what Burnley fans expect. The Burnley fans seem to. Obviously, be very happy with Sean Dyche, but it's like what I don't know what the the upstairs expect really, or what they want, or or, or if this is just the. I mean, for Burnley to to become tenth in the Premier League is fantastic. And for them mm. to have been the Premier League team for the last couple of seasons on the bounce um, and get respectable finishes is great. And that's maybe just the level that Burnley are at, and and that maybe last season was kind of their peak, and it's just just kind of floating around. Bolton was a great example you mentioned mm. before where Bolton were very much that sort of team where maybe once or twice they kind of sneaked towards an eighth spot. But other than that, they were just comfortably in the middle of a table. Um, and that was that was just who they were. Um, and maybe that's what Burnley will be again next season. Yes, don't, don't rush out and get rid of your manager just because the shiny new ones come along because we've seen that happen with so many other clubs. Ian Dowie, for example. Um, right, let us know your thoughts on that. It'd be fascinating to know Brighton and Burnley fans' thoughts on all this in the comments section below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts when you're out and about. And you can continue the conversation on Twitter at WhatCultureFC. Watch there. Follow both of us. Andrew, where can you get you on Twitter? At Cultured Left Peg. You can find me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture FC, as I said. But for now, this has been the Premier League season preview for Brighton and Burnley. My thanks to Andrew Pollard. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.